the calendar has flipped to April. It is April 1st, April Fool's Day for you Jet fans who think you're getting DK Metcalf. Parlay Friday is back. I'm Steve Armato, back with Anthony Saccone. No guests second week in a row. That's okay. Next week we're bringing on Jack Perotti. Ant, how you feeling today? Feeling good. You mentioned the calendar flip, so I'm happy because March kind of uh, – March was a tough month, especially March Madness. Our Jody's pool, obviously – if you guys are following along, we had four picks left last week. They got knocked out within by last Friday night. We were out of the pool thanks to uh, St. Peter's taking down Purdue, and then the rest was in North Carolina. They just did some damage. But, hey, it's baseball season. You're making fun of the Jets already. It's a good Friday. It's a great Friday. Now, not now. well, in some cases, it's a good Friday. Bad Friday, if you're a Met fan. Uh, Jacob deGrom going for an MRI on his right shoulder. Um, their right shoulder tightness, they were calling it. This came out of nowhere. He threw like two innings the other day, struck out five, like he was fine, and now he's not. I don't understand how he gets tightness like three days after a start. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, looking at the other side, as a Mets fan, if I were you in your shoes, I'd be my heart would be beating out of my chest right now. It's a damn good thing you got Max Scherzer right now because he's going to be your 1A, one, 1B one one right now with DeGrom down. I mean, I know you still got some other options in the rotation that are solid, but it's definitely – if it, this is serious, it's not, it could be really time to panic, and it's only day one for, for Mets fans. But No, it's not time to panic. It's not time to panic, even if it's serious. We still have Max Scherzer. still have Chris Bassett. still have – listen, Tyler McGill is going to be good. But they're going to be fine. This is the best pitcher on the planet. I understand. No, I, I understand this is the best pitcher on the planet, but there's no reason to panic. You still have Max Scherzer. Well – Listen, that's, it could be a big difference every five days. DeGrom or Tyler McGill, we'll see if it pays dividends. Because, listen, this National League East race is going to be a dogfight all the way down the wire with the Braves who are stacked. The Phillies can't pitch, but they can hit. This one's coming down to the wire. Every game is going to be crucial. And I know it's so early. There's 162 left. But at the end of the day, like, every game does really count, especially in your, your division that you're going to be in this year. Well, yeah, every game does count. But also, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's – it's not that big of a deal. Out a while, it's a big deal. If it's like a month, no big deal. If it's going past that, it's a problem. If they didn't have Max Scherzer, it's a huge deal. I would say just season's over. Yeah, but you had the Grom for most of the last year and a couple seasons before that, right? With really nobody behind them. So now you're just replacing him with Scherzer. Where did that get the Mets in the past couple of years? We you know? didn't have him for most of the last year. He was out the he was out the entire second half. He won two Cy Youngs the year before that. What did the Mets do with just him? They did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing, but they have a good lineup now. The lineups, the lineups, their lineups a lot better. A lot of people like trying to shit on the Mets lineup. I don't understand why. I like that lineup. You got speed, you got hitters, you got power, you got everything need to be a solid lineup. Yeah, I don't understand why these people want to shit on the Mets lineup out of nowhere for no reason. That doesn't make any sense. Eddie Escobar, that's going to be one of the most underrated signings of the season. Eddie Escobar. I mean, I'm not a huge Kana guy, but in this lineup, he's fine. And also everyone's like, oh, like they don't have a big bat. I'm like, well, guess what? They do have a big bat. His name's Pete Alonso. And if Lindor is like half of what he was in Cleveland, he's fine. Like that's your bat. And he's... I don't like spring training stats. I really don't. I mean, he's actually hitting the ball well no. currently. Um, I mean, Alonzo's not. I, it worries me more when a guy doesn't hit in spring training than when he does. Because if he's not hitting, right? If he's not hitting, he's not hitting against minor league pitching. I guess you're right for the most part. But you know what? I mean, I'd rather save, save the hits for the, for the regular season when it counts. Well, yeah. I mean, Cody Bellinger is striking out like 17 times in like 20 at bats. Yeah, he's going to be hitting ninth in that lineup pretty soon. <laughs> that's See, that's worrisome to me because that means – 
that means he's up there with like a blindfold on almost. Like, That's that, a line hitter, pretty soon. Former MVP two years ago. Yeah. In this lineup. Yeah, I agree. That's that's worrisome to me. Now, um, there's a lot going on this weekend. I mean, the Masters is next week. Tiger's back. He's plus sixty six hundred to win the to win the Masters. By the way, there's no shot he's winning, but I mean, he might he might not even make the cut. Might um, but let's get into let's get into our best bets for this coming weekend today tomorrow really it's today tomorrow i mean tomorrow we got final four huge weekend you got a lot of soccer on the slate here so uh let's begin best bet what do you have for your best bet this weekend i bet we're going some nhl hockey tonight tampa bay lightning minus one and a half get those odds at minus 135 taking on the chicago blackhawks blackhawks are atrocious this year have nothing to play for one of the worst years in their franchise history lightning Red hot right now on a three-game win streak. And listen, the playoffs are a month out. The best teams in the NHL that go deep in the playoffs, they start playing their best hockey now. We've seen Tampa Bay do it the past two seasons as they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. So I love them at minus one and a half. They're on a three-game win streak. Blackhawks on a three-game losing streak. Game's in Tampa tonight. Hammer the lightning. Don't look back. Best bet. Let's start our Friday night off right. You're a brave man with the minus one and a half. I mean, it's, it's tough. It, it worked out last week with the Avalanche. They won by like three against the Flyers on my on my parlay. So, yeah, the NHL is tough. And my best bet, I am also going NHL. I got a heater for you here. Well, heater, a banger, whatever you want to call it. We are going with the Seattle Kraken on the money line at plus one forty six. Mm-hmm. Now, you might think I'm crazy. Because a plus 146 is really never considered a best bet, especially when it's a team that's in last place in their division. But here is the thing about the NHL. It's hard and it's weird. All right. The Kraken are hosting the Vegas Golden Knights tonight who are battling for a playoff spot. They've won three straight, including beating the same Kraken just two days ago in Vegas. But it is hard to win four games a row in the NHL. Like it's extremely hard. And the plus one and a half is minus 176. And that is just absolutely no fun for me. So let's go money line plus 146. The Kraken will strike at home tonight. Best bet. Oh, release the Kraken, baby. Release the Kraken. Love it. That, that's it. I mean, that's all we got for that. So Probably Friday where it's weird, but it's not. It's weird, but it's not. Exactly. Friday for you, baby. Now, speaking of parlay Friday Yep. and parlays. Mm-hmm. Final four is coming. What are you looking at for the weekend? We're calling it the three shades of blue parlay. Three different teams, three different blues. We're going Duke minus four, Chelsea money line, and Manchester City money line. Duke minus four, pretty simple. Coach K, I just don't see his last game as the Duke head coach being a loss to UNC. And if you look at the talent on both rosters, I think Duke has the far better team. Paolo Bancaro, easily a top five pick in this year's upcoming draft. I love when. Teams in college basketball have a top five NBA draft pick. And going across the pond, many ponds, Chelsea, Moneyline taking on Brentford, who's 15th in the English Premier League. Chelsea third in the Premier League, about 10, 11 points out of first place of the Manchester City. And Chelsea's trying to stay in Champions League position, so look for Chelsea to pounce on them. And then lastly, we got the number one team, Manchester City, taking on Burnley, who's 19th in the English Premier League. This should be an absolute blowout. Manchester City is only one point in first place above Liverpool. So Manchester City, they have to play a solid lineup and they have to win this game because they need all the points they can get. Therefore, winning by one goal should not be that tough. I think they win by maybe four or five. So 
plus 213, three shades of blue parlay. Let's go. You turned into a big soccer guy. It's been making me money, man. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Since Yeah, since Parlay Friday has come into existence, you've turned into a huge soccer guy. I respect it. Now, we're going to be in a little disagreement here with uh, with my parlay. We're calling this my bracket redemption parlay. It's only plus 478. All right? But good odds. I got North Carolina plus four, Kansas on the money line, and the Yukon women on the money line. So here we go. I'm going into my explanation for UNC Duke, and here's here's the thing. Look through the stats from both of these games this year that they played. Duke won the first game. They they ransacked them. They blew them out of the water. It was 87-67. Duke out-rebounded UNC 40-24, to and then they shot 57% from the field and 47% from three. That was game one. Let's go to game two. Way, every stat was pretty much identical in the second matchup, okay? UNC only out-rebounded them by three. They won the turnover battle 9-5. The, the shooting percentages from the field and three-point land were pretty much identical. The only difference in the game was Duke got to the line 22 times. UNC only got there eight. And Duke still lost by 13, all right? So these two teams are way closer to matchup two than they were in matchup one. Okay, because Duke, like, unless unless Duke comes out and shoots 57% again and 47% from three, that's the only way they're going to run away with this thing. So give me the points because this is a one or two possession game. Give me the plus four. UNC is, these teams are a lot closer in talent than the seeds appear. Let's ride with UNC there. Now we're moving Kansas on the money line against Villanova. I have hated Kansas all year. They don't cover big spreads. They only play really well at home. They had some bad losses, and yet they ended up as a number one seed, and they're in the final four. You could probably argue that they've had the easiest road of all the teams, but it really doesn't matter because here we are, right? But here's what does matter. Villanova lost their starting point guard, Justin Moore, late in the Elite Eight matchup. He tore his Achilles. He's done for the tournament. That is a huge injury. I think that injury is going to be a difference. I think Villanova can hang. I don't think they have enough to beat Kansas. So rock chalk Jayhawk there in the title game. Now let's go UConn women, all right? Did you know, by the way, out of the top five NIL earners in the NCAA tournament, four of them are women. Nice little fun fact for you. That's led by Paige Beckers, UConn's best player. This girl is like, she is like basically the LeBron James of women's college basketball. Okay. She was injured for most of the season. That's why UConn's only a two seed. She, she missed significant time with, I believe a knee injury, but guess what? She's back. She's the best player on the planet. She has been a monster for the lady Huskies completely took over the elite eight against NC state. And there is no reason to bet against her when her team is plus plus one twelve on the money line. And the spread is only one and a half points. UConn women going back to the natty. Here we go. So UConn plus four Kansas money line, UConn women money line plus four seventy eight. That's your weekend. That's your final four. Let's go. All right. Fire me up. I love it, man. Nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't want the UNC pick to hit, but like the other two things, sure. I mean, listen, how many UConn women's? I mean, they're just like they're like the dynasty when the Oilers had back at Gretzky and Messier. Like they're there every year. When when she when they found out that Beckers was coming back, right? That was the time to place the future on the UConn women because they were probably at like plus like seven fifty at that point mm-hmm. with 
so that was probably the time. They're they're plus three hundred to win the whole thing. They're the only it's it's them. They're a two seed, and then there's three number one seeds. South Carolina has been the number one team all year. They blew UConn's doors off earlier in the year, but they didn't have Beckers and they didn't have another. I don't know who the other girl was that they didn't have. Regardless. UConn at full strength is going to hang there. They're, they're winning this game, and they're going to the natty against probably South Carolina. South Carolina is a wagon, by the way. Seven-and-a-half-point favorite against another number one seed, which I think is Louisville. I mean, crazy. come on. Come on. It's absolutely nuts. It's insanity. So, yeah. speaking of insanity, I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, but let's talk very little about it, okay? Baseball is a week away. No, less than a week. Six days. We start on Thursday. It's coming here. What are are there any futures that you're looking at that you like in terms of a team, a player, whatever it is, before we get ready for the MLB season? Yeah. I mean, listen, talk about teams that came on hot late last year and added a few pieces, a couple big pieces in the offseason. Seattle Mariners, plus 450 to win the American League West this year. They went out. They got the Cy Young Winner in Robbie Ray. They traded for Jesse Winker, who, if you guys don't know, he played in Cincinnati last year. And this guy drops absolute nukes. And, I mean, this roster was already solid. I like this Mariners bet a lot. And the value at plus 450, their third best odds in their division. For whatever reason, the Los Angeles Angels have better odds than them. It's like every single year, it's like, yeah, everybody has the Los Angeles Angels so high on their radar to make the playoffs. And every year by, like, maybe by June, they're already out of playoff contention. So Mariners, hot last year, have a little bit of experience down the stretch last year playing meaningful baseball games. Plus 450, went out and got Robbie Ray, the Cy Young, and have some solid young arms in that rotation. So I'm all in on the Mariners this year. I think they win this division. And that plus 450, how do you not take advantage of it? I actually like that a lot. Right? I, like, I, I like that a lot. Houston looks scarier with Verlander. Every team is an injury away from not being great, right? And they just lost the best so, well. <laughs> Right. So I I like the Mariners there. That's where the value is. It's on the Mariners. Yeah. Now, I like two. One, I'm going where the value is here. Value in the AL Central. All right. The Twinkies, baby. Mm. Twins are plus 500. I know everybody is on the White Sox. The White Sox are the best team in the division. I get it. They're minus 210 to win the division. There's no value in that. The value is on the Twinkies at plus 500. They got Correa. They actually, they made some good deals. Like they bolstered that, they bolstered that roster. And also like if Byron Buxton's healthy for a full season, he could win the MVP. He's possible MVP there. I'm not taking it because I'm not counting on him being healthy, but the values on the Twinkies. I like them at plus 500. Now I also like, a future at AL MVP, and I'm going to tell you who it is. Bo Bichette, plus 3,000. He will be the catalyst of the Toronto Blue Jays lineup. He plays great defense. He will have a great war, which is all these voters care about, is war. Mm-hmm. And if Otani misses a little bit of time and can't replicate what he did last year, it's wide open, baby. Let's go. Bo Bichette. Bo joins a frat. Bro Bichette, plus 3,000 to win AL MVP. Hard to argue with that. I mean, he's a stud. That lineup is ridiculous. I think I looked at the opening day projection lineup. He's batting fourth today. He's like between Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. Like, he's going to get so many pitches to hit. He he could be an absolute stud. And he's going to steal bases. He's going to do it all. Before we get out of here, though, sir. Yeah. All right. With baseball season coming up now, what is your – okay, let's do this. What is your ideal 
baseball game to go to and what's your ideal schedule for that for that day oh, okay i think i got this i mean listen i'm a yankee fan so like i gotta go yank socks of course in the bronx friday night where you know you work on a friday all day you get out of work you're ready to go you meet your boys at yankee stadium you go we call it the back me and all my buddies have been there it's literally a bodega it's a deli and only Yankee fans know about it. All the bleacher creatures know about it. You walk in the deli, you buy beer and whatever, your six case, your 12-pack, whatever it is, and you literally walk to the back of the deli, and there's a door that opens up and a patio outside with just 15, like like 100 Yankee fans that all sit in the bleachers, just getting rowdy before games. Then you go to Billy's, the main bar right on the strip, like right before first pitch. Then you go to the bleachers with your boys, a couple drinks in you, feeling good, hope the Yanks take down the Sox. Friday night, 7.05, crisp start in like June, July, a beautiful night. Nice New York City crisp air. That's by far my ideal baseball game. I like where your head is at. I just do not like the Friday night, but I like everything else. All right? Great night. I I, I, I like where your head's at, though. I like what my ideal is. All right, I'm a Mets fan, obviously. City Field's fantastic. Now they used to have McFadden's in in center field. That that went out of business. Thanks, thanks COVID. Regardless, <laughs> four o'clock Saturday afternoon game. All right, Mets Phillies because the fan bases are close, so it's going to get rowdy all around. You're going to get it from all ends, right? You get you start drinking around like one o'clock in the parking lot. You now it has to be parking lot now. Can't right. be McFadden's anymore. Used to be used to be McFad pre-pandemic. It was McFadden's. Go into the game, get rowdy at McFadden's after the game. Go grab a burger, get the hell out of there, go out right because you're out of there by seven. Now it's tailgate in the parking lot for a little bit. Have a few drinks. Go in to city to City Field. You go to Shake Shack, and then you go to the Jim Beam Bar. There's a Jim Beam Bar in, like, right center. You get standing room tickets because you're going to walk around and watch this game. Jim Beam Bar, you're there. You're watching the game. You're getting hammered. Metsy's probably win it in the 11th, right? So you're out of there at, like, 745, 8 o'clock. Train right into the city. You grab some more food, and then you go out. I mean, come on. It's perfect. And while we're on the subject, I mean – Shout out to my Cubs fans out there. If you've never been to Wrigley, you need to go to Sluggers. It is the greatest place in the world. Shout out to the Cubbies. And, I mean, listen, that's my second ideal game. If you're not going to Yankee Stadium, you're going to Wrigley, and you're going to Sluggers before the game for three hours. You're probably leaving the game in the fourth inning, like some of us that I know did left in the fourth inning. Got to Sluggers at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and wound up leaving at 1 in the morning. It's just a phenomenal day. Anthony is actually a spokesperson for Sluggers, so uh, he gets 10% of uh, the door fee when you walk up and say sacks at the door. He's a legend. His picture's on the wall there. It's where Tony Three Eyes was born. That's where, that's where it is. And Wrigley is a great experience. Actually, actually, my favorite part about Wrigley is we we sat in the, uh, we sat in, obviously, in the, the whatever, the, ble- the bleachers in Wrigley, but, but in left field, they have like a bar, like a little bar. It's like a deck and like a little bar. Where you just buy in like I think I was drinking like just margaritas for I know for like the first four days. It was it was like a thousand degrees out and I couldn't stay in the sun much longer. That's why we left and went to Sluggers. But like, you know, it, it's a great experience there. So yeah, you just gotta do it. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, this is what I want from you. I want you on either at Steve underscore Armato or at Anthony Sacone Seven on Twitter. I want what is your ideal ballpark experience as we get ready 
for baseball season? We want to know. We want to know. I'm not going to give you anything. I'll just call it out next week on the podcast when Jack joins us. All right? So that's it for today. Good luck on your final four. Good luck if you're, like, actually in it with your pools. Good luck on your parlays. So we are we are taking it home this week. We've had two cold weeks since we went perfect with, with Frank on here. We're going to – this week is going to be – we're clean sweeping it. It starts tonight with the NHL and goes into soccer tomorrow and then finishes with the Final Four. So for Anthony Saccone, I'm Steve Armato. It is Parlay Friday. We will see you next week.